Hello and welcome to Xbox, Voice of the Xbox Community. I'm Jason and today I'm here with Dustin. Hey guys, how you doing? And Michael. Hello folks. Okay, uh, so how's your guys' weeks been? Good? I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, been alright. Alright, um... Not a lot going on. I guess before we start I should go ahead and say I haven't been hosting or even on the podcast for a while. A lot of it has to do with work. The other part has to do with us, with me moving recently, and there's just a lot of shit going on. So I'm happy to finally be able to do a podcast again, let alone host it. Um, I guess we should start off with the big news this week. Uh, PS4 outsold Xbox One again. Oh my god, big. Okay. Not making excuses or any other bullshit. I mean, honestly... After all the bullshit that's happened this year, is anyone honestly surprised? But we, I think most people were expecting Titanfall to help out a lot more in boosting sales, but when you think about it honestly, after all the shit that's happened, a $60 game that's also available on PC and Xbox 360 coming out on a $500 console, people are more likely to buy it on PC or Xbox 360 than to go out and buy a $500 console to get it. Um... But I think it. Uh, do you think it moved? Uh, how many consoles do you think it moved, Michael? God, an easy four hundred thousand. At yeah, least. You think? Yeah. Um. I mean, it had a very good bundle associated with it, so it, it's undeniable that it definitely moved consoles, and that was definitely part of the goal of it. Um, and we'll discuss some of the finer details later on in the show with different little news that's cropped up, but. I mean, it, it's impossible for that for that to have not happened. I expected it to sell well, but console sale numbers are just that. They're console sale numbers. And there's, it's undeniable that the PlayStation 4 has a PR advantage, but maybe that's what wins these days is PR and not good games. So, who knows? Well, I think it should be clarified that, um, well, two things. PS4 finally got the same month their first AAA exclusive after the launch of the console, and that AAA exclusive was completely exclusive to the console. So that might have helped drive some sales for the PS4, but this isn't a PS4 podcast. It's just whatever. Um, but as far as, uh, they didn't do the... Uh, was the bundle even available in um, the United States, Titanfall bundle? Or was that a European thing only? I'd imagine it was a U.S. availability. Was it? I don't yeah. know. I, I don't think I looked it up. I know all, they want... It was all over the place. It, it, it wasn't just a U.S. thing. Or yeah. a European thing. Because I but, believe it was on Amazon. Newegg had a deal. Like, everybody was pretty much oh, a yeah. deal. Yeah, you're right. Um... But it should be clarified that Microsoft actually did release their numbers and Sony did not. The only thing we know is that we have numbers, but all that we know officially is that it sold more, and that's it. Yeah. Um, we I don't mean, the have Xbox real sold, numbers. I believe it was 311,000 units yeah. in the month of March. And we had a number, uh, we had a 370,000 number for the PS4, but I, and then I read that we didn't they actually didn't even that's not an official number yeah 
I I don't know what's going on with that, but what do you want? I mean, that's just how things are, I guess. It's probably important to know that people were probably already buying an Xbox One before Titanfall was even released, so we're talking February, January at launch, just anticipating it coming out in the first place. So, I, yeah, that I, I would I would think that the, the promise of the game probably moved more consoles than the game being out itself. All that being said, there's probably a significant spike. Yeah. I think it would have moved a lot more consoles, though, if it was actually exclusive. But, Undeniably. Yeah. Um, But moving on from that, I mean, unless you guys have any last words. I mean, Titanfall was the number one selling game for uh, the month. And I know some people would go, well, that includes PC and 360, but yeah, whatever. I mean, of course it includes that. It's an MPD number. It's not like they're going to split it up by platform. Um, and like you said, Michael, it is, I would say it's fair to say people bought the console in anticipation for Titanfall also. Um, it, um, does, has, N, does NPT still not include digital purchases? No, no, they, they do not. God. I mean, cause that's probably a lot of where this, that's probably where a fair amount of sales came from is people that, you know, just bought the, uh, the digital version of Titanfall, be it PC or Xbox One version, and then you can't even include 360 sold, uh, copies of 360 sold because it came out this month, not March. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it would be cool to have a clarific- clarification on the number breakdown, but um, oh, uh, before I forget, they also announced uh, the Xbox One has finally shipped 5 million r- worldwide. Um, which is a good milestone. I mean, the PS4, what do they say, 7 million, 7 million. sold? Yeah. But you know what's funny is they've been pushing that 7 million number for months now, and Sony actually officially announced it now. So actually, it didn't sell 7 million till now, even though all the bullshit of people actually throwing that number around, thinking it was official. Um, the only thing that this tells me is that the Xbox One's not doing too bad when you think, what is it, available in 13 well, countries versus 72? Well, I mean, if you want to look at it, uh, the way to look at it is right now the PS4 is selling over a million a month. The Xbox is selling a million a month since launch. So they're both doing really good on a global market, but the PS4 is doing better without a doubt. But yeah. not, not, I don't, I think anybody to hyperbole it like, oh, it's the end of the Xbox One is kind of dumb. But the PS4 is definitely selling gangbusters. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with the PR availability and price. Yeah. Availability is the the biggest thing, I think, honestly, because, I mean, 13 countries versus 72, or 73, right? And and the Xbox One's number is going up only in September, which, that feels very delayed for me, in, in my opinion. But then again, they're trying to make sure that the Kinect and all that sort of stuff works, so... It, it's it's a it's definitely an uh, more uphill battle, comparatively speaking. And honestly, the <laughs> the funnier, well, the more fucked up part is actually people believe the PS4 would have sold a lot more by now because of the Japan stuff. And Japan just looks like it's really dying, and I doubt the Xbox One's going to do anything there at all. But let's go ahead and move on. Um. 
Xbox One April system update rolling out now. The Xbox One system update for April is in the process of being rolled out to all consoles now, Microsoft has said. The update should beam itself into your console over the next few hours, providing you your... Uh, this... Don't need to talk about this. Well, the features talk- and notifications. Um, I, I, so pretty much the, the big update, I think, and I know you you can see your friends list now for everybody, like when your favorites come online. But the big thing for me is the fact that you'll be able to, uh, when this, this when the system updates, it'll auto restart itself. And that way you're not sitting there for a long load time after the system updates, which is awesome. Yeah, that's kind of my favorite feature. I mean, having showing when your favorites come online is great, but being able to go, hey, fucking, it's just gonna when it auto updates, you don't have to sit there and wait for it to restart or anything. It does it overnight, and you don't have to worry about it. I think that's a big plus. Does anyone else not really care about the notifications? I mean, it's nice, like when you're sitting there playing, and it's like, oh, Dusty jumped on. It's like, oh, cool. I'll send a message, but it's not like it tells you who's online and who's offline at a particular yeah. time. I mean, it's well, nice I mean, that I it notifies you. But... Like, I like the fact that it's just, I just have my favorites. You can do everybody, but I do my favorites. Yeah. And your favorites pop up and say, hey, you know, fucking, you can play, you know, hey, just this online. What a wonderful kind of day. Yeah, and instead of having a thousand different people signing on and going, hey, you know, Michael's on and Jason's on and this guy's on and that guy's on, I'd rather just have a select group of friends that, hey, you know, that guy you'd like to play with, he's online. That's all I want. Yeah. Honestly, I would like to have, uh, I, I'd i love to see more, I know they're working hard on making the console just to, I guess you could say, finish it, just like try to get even all the features they announced to begin with out to it. I would love to see more more voice commands that opened up stuff on it. Like, I would love to be able to say, uh, who are my favorite favorites are online or whatever, some kind of command. And then it'll pop up with an overlay with a gamer pick or a little gamer tag of everyone that's online at the same time and stuff like that for a couple seconds. I mean, I just, I, I after using Cortana and all this other voice stuff for so long i find it most useful in finding information very quickly so i can go about my business so i think anything that helps me just find out and make it easier to play or make it more convenient or faster to do something just helps me out a ton when i'm trying to play a game and there's nothing more annoying than sitting there going in well the most annoying thing about me turning on my xbox one anymore is i turn it on i go to play a game and it's like, shit, I gotta see who's online on my friends list. And I tell Xbox, go to friends, and the damn thing, you know, just, you have to go through all the menus, get to that. It would be just nice for a simple voice command to pop up my favorites to see who's online. And stuff like that. Am, am I wrong with that? I mean, would you guys like anything like that? Or I'm kinda... Yeah, it'd be cool if they had a voice command like snap favorites, and it just showed all your favorite, you know, your favorites list on online at that moment yeah sounds like it'd be very convenient for you folks that have an xbox one when i yeah. don't it, yeah i'm sorry michael <laughs> sorry michael. one day michael one, one day. day when the generation's moving on yeah hey and we're all getting xbox, xbox twos <laughs> michael just got his xbox one uh you're like uh you're like not kenny um you're like kyle from south park 
Yeah. You always got the toy late. <laughs> whenever the whenever the, the new toy is going bad. Yeah. yeah. You, you always have to go out and buy a new one. All right. Um uh, what what else? Oh yeah, the fifty uh fifty hertz Blu-ray output has output has been out, added for the people in um Europe, Europe, in uh, PAL regions. Yep. Um, yep. Alongside other improvements to game DVR and Connect. Well, I guess we already had those improvements in the beta program, didn't we? Um. So a lot of this, it's really hard to keep up with some of this update stuff because I think every, well, except for Michael, of course. Um, me and Dusty are both in the beta program, so it's kind of hard for us to put a difference between what's out now and what's coming out in an update because we already have all of it, and we have stuff that's not even in this update and stuff like that. So, um, but it's cool to see that this is now a standard. I guess that's what it's about. It's once this patch re releases, it's a standard for the system. Okay. I guess it's uh, it's also good to see that they're actually going out of their way to consistently approve it. I mean, um, um, yeah. Uh, gosh, I feel like kind of a kind of a schmuck for saying this, but the how many because the the PS4 system updates the next one's coming soon. You know, one point seven, right? When was the last um, big system update for the PlayStation Four? Because there's been one like every month on the Xbox One, basically. Yeah, I couldn't tell you to be honest. I think it's honestly just the amount of resources they can put into it and the money and I think they're doing an alright job. I mean, they're they're getting their features out and that's what's important, but it is taking a while. I think but as far as the Microsoft Microsoft side, it should be the the Xbox operating system team is now under the Windows team, which is also the Windows Phone team and they are on a monthly update schedule now windows phone starting to move to a monthly update uh, schedule and um so it kind of makes sense that the xbox did also and i think i read somewhere some kind of interview where the microsoft act team actually said something like um we like that it's fast and we don't want to slow it down that it, it kind of sucks taking so long to take bring stuff out the only thing that that makes me question it is why why weren't they doing this before? Why would it take so long for simple features before? Did it have to do something with bug finding or something like that? But yeah, um, well, the the Xbox the Xbox at least is an infamous sort of you know quality control standard that was what ultimately turned off a lot of independent developers from releasing games because it it just took a lot of time. And you know people had to be paid, so it it cost money to do that. And I think that at least in from this angle, they're sort of going out of their way to make sure that it, stuff can come out faster, but it still gets the same sort of quality treatment. At least it's what it seems like. Yeah. Okay. Um. Any last words on that? I think we talked about it sufficiently. <laughs> Uh, responding to Xbox One and PS4, Capcom investing $78 million to create two R&D labs in Japan. So, will these two R&D labs figure out that Mega Man's a good idea? Nah, who knows. I'm just glad to see Capcom's actually embracing the next generation and putting money towards it and looking at consoles for future revenue if they're going to invest this much money in it. They kind of see that this generation really is going to take off and it's not going to it's like before the generation, everybody was thought, hey, you know, maybe this is 
this isn't going to be a big generation and people aren't going to buy consoles like they did with the 360 and PS3. And this is just a good uh, showing that even developers are looking at future releases on these consoles. Especially well, I mean, putting money where their mouth is. Yeah, well, I, when you think about it, Capcom already has a game out in the form of Dead Rising 3. There's the um, the that PS4 game that's like Dark Souls deep down, Assassin, deep down right? Um, and you would assume that some sort of Street Fighter game would be coming out eventually. Uh, so, you know, you, you would hope that they wouldn't, they aren't going to stick all their money on just handhelds and just phones. Well, that's because... that's funny you say that because I, I was about to say maybe they lied and these R and D labs are actually for iOS and Android. <laughs> God, that'd be disappointing. I, it's, I I don't want to play games on a phone and have yeah. big development houses shift entire devotions to phone or you know handhelds. I mean, the DS and the P and the PS Vita are actually. You know they're getting respectable lineups nowadays. I mean the the Vita is getting Borderlands 2 very soon for Pete's sake by Iron Galaxy, as it turns out. The guys they're making they're making the new Killer Instinct season. Um, so you know those sort of things, the handheld consoles are gaining ground. I mean you know who are we kidding? The 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 3DS is huge. Um. But there's something to be said for having a box that is dedicated with his own hardware to make sure stuff runs as best as it possibly can that you don't that that people want to sit down and play with that you don't have to you know charge every four hours i would i I like console gaming i like i I like gaming any at any point in my life, but sometimes you gotta have a dedicated thing to do it on. And if they're willing to put eighty million dollars, more or less, into doing it, hopefully it returns something that's worth the investment. Yeah, I agree. Um, the but then it brings up the question: What do they mean by R and D? Is this is this literally research and development into into de- how to develop games for these consoles? Are is it will these actually be development studios for the consoles will I, this be I, I would assume it's um talking about rendering techniques yeah uh, that's what pipeline, i would think pipe changing changing how pipelines work creating assets visual effects you know that sort of stuff if it's if it's literally you know figuring out how to best get a 4096 by 4096 texture onto a model faster then you were talking about really high quality, high resolution textures. That's good. Yeah. But who knows? All right, moving on. Um, Square Enix DRM is necessary part of business, and it's here to stay. No shit. Moving on. That's <laughs> that. That's really yeah, right. Shit. I can't believe this is even a story, or it's even. It's fucking retarded that people even need to be told DRM is here to stay. There's a reason for well, DRM. Well, there's been a lot of backlash to DRM, and Square Enix is kind of putting its foot down and going, hey, you know, fucking DRM's not, we're not going anywhere. We understand people are have multiple computers and have, you know, they change their computers over time, and we need to have a good way to do a DRM, and we need to make sure DRM doesn't uh, mess up people from being able to play their games, but at the same time, DRM's here. You can't 
there's too much let's be honest P- the pc gaming market is so much theft it's insane it's not it's almost not worth putting your product up there because you know you won't make any money and that's why in all honesty a lot of these people put them on humble bundles because they know if they can even get a dollar it's better than having a bunch of people steal their software yep and that also goes to the point that i've always thought i think i think the biggest problem with the gaming industry right now is that there's a set triple a game price tag now i understand I completely understand games require money to pay for the amount of money that's put into development nowadays. But at the same time, certain games are just not up to the standard to be worth $60 to start off with. Like, for instance, something something like Fighter Within, or I hate to say it, Connect Sports Rivals. These are games that I would say would have been better started off at $40. And they would have sold more, meaning they would have made more money. Okay, and killer instinct. Pay for it better. Yeah, that's that's a game that got its pricing model pretty darn good. Oh yeah, that game sold its ass off, and you know what? Because of that, they made the money for it. They didn't have to sell it at sixty dollars a pop. I mean, not every like look at Test Drive Unlimited on Xbox three hundred and sixty. That game, if it was sixty dollars, would have been nothing. But because it came out at forty, people just bought it, and it became a phenomenon. I mean, it was an alright game. It wasn't that. It wasn't the best game ever created or anything. It wasn't even that great or good. It was just an alright game, and I played the shit out of it. And I owe a lot of people to play the shit out of it because it was cheap when it came out, and it was fun. I'm surprised not many other people have picked up that. Um, I that, and I think it would be easier to swallow DRM if the price was lower on certain stuff too. Um, but people need to realize it. Well. All this DRM hate stuff happened. Well, well, let's be real here. DRM sucks anyway because it's basically saying we're putting restrictions on something you've bought. But that's that's just how it has to be controlled. If you don't control it in that way, they can't. You know, you could just spread the game everywhere, and they would have no one would have to buy your game. It would they wouldn't make any money. The game would be gone. There, the developer would be shut down. The publisher would give up on the IP. You wouldn't see that game again. I mean, that's just how it works. Also, this is where DRM helps fight off the fact that I don't want... I don't like free-to-play games. I don't want to deal with that crap. I don't like those models. I'd rather pay $40, $60 and get a game that I don't have to piecemeal altogether than uh, play a free-to-play game. I just, I'm not a big fan. And there are two, ga- there are two developers that got that right. Killer Instinct got that right. You know, pay one price, you get everything that's out now, you get everything that's yep. coming out soon. And High Res Studios, the guys that made Tribes Ascend and Smite, the uh, the, the, the MOBA that's based around playing as gods from mythology and all that sort of stuff. They had, for Tribes and for um, Smite, they had pay one price, I think it was like 50 or $40 or something, and you get all the gods that are out now and you get all the gods that are coming out. Now I think you still have to pay for skins, but you know that's just aesthetic shit. So it's it's yeah, it take doesn't it really matter. It's take it or leave it. And they got that right, and that that's a very popular thing. And I think that the more companies that um, take that sort of approach to a free to play game, nine times out of ten, it's a good move. Now there are some games where. If they were to do that, it'd be an exorbitant price. If if Valve wanted you to pay for every single scrap of stuff they had in Team Fortress 2, 
First of all, there's an item that's like $100 in, in the first place, so that's a thing. Um, but it would it would easily it would easily reach into $500 for every single scrap of shit that's in that game. So that's a thing. Um, but it, it 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 all depends on how the model works and how development works. And I I, I agree that you know I w- I would rather have to deal with. I can only install this copy on one computer at one point, and that's what I can do. I have to uninstall this when I move to a new computer, even I pay the lower price. Because if I want to play a game, I'm going to be playing a game, period. And you know, there's one gripe I've always had. I Like, when Ubisoft... When Ubisoft puts a game on Steam, I think Steam should fucking step up and say... If you're going to put your game on our service, you're going to use our DRM, and you're not going to enforce your own DRM onto this shit. Because you're getting... Like, I don't have a problem with one DRM. Like, no problem at all. I completely understand Steam's DRM. I think it works great, except except where you can turn a computer offline and you keep playing it. But at some point, you have to go online anyway. But the fact that you 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 jump onto a game in Steam... You go into a game and Ubisoft shit, and then Ubisoft says, oh, you can only install this five times, and then you'll have to de- deactivate some computer and all this other bullshit and everything else. It's like one DRM, and I think this would go for Xbox and everything else going into the future, because I, I believe they do the same thing on console. I don't think Ubisoft or anyone else forces any additional DRM on consoles. Yeah. Um. Well, you'll get right. it where the multiplayer forces you to sign yeah. up for Origin or whatever. Yeah, and that that also sucks too. I mean, that, we don't even want to get started on EA server shit. Um, although we might have to talk about it later. I don't know if you yeah. have a story in story in the notes or not. We'll have to talk about it later. Okay, Ted Timmons leaves Microsoft owned studio. This was a really tough decision, he says. He worked on Fable 1 to 3 as well as Fable Heroes, Fable the Journey, and Fable Anniversary. This was the guy that actually led on Fable the Journey and Fable Anniversary. Um, I've decided to leave Lionhead. This was a really tough decision. Why did he leave Lionhead? Lionhead gave. Well, he isn't. They haven't really said anything on why. There's just kind of a guy that was very. He was from. He kind of dealt with Fable from beginning to end, everything we played, and more than likely he's had a lot of impact on Fable Legends. Also, it's crazy to see the guy go, uh, especially since he probably had a huge impact on the game. Um, but overall, hope he's doing well. You know, the, I know they haven't said exactly where he's moving on to or what he's doing next, but may, hopefully he makes another game about farting. In weird, uh, <laughs> weird Man, in like the last like three months, there have been like eighty departures from everything. Yeah. I mean, there was um, there was uh, guy from my the Xbox went to go to Sonos, which name I forgot completely. Um, and like there there have been like three guys that left Sony, and the, the people that left the Naughty Dog, and we're gonna talk about Bungie in a moment, so. It's nuts, and it's odd, but I don't think it's bad. I think it's odd. I don't want to jump on this guy's shit, but he was a franchise manager. That means he didn't have direct input onto the game, or he was literally part of their internal HR department, kind of. I mean, he helped 
he would basically help teach people their procedures and policies and what they expect yeah. out of people and what they expect for the franchise going into the future. I mean, it was more of a non-direct rather than a direct influence on the actual product. If if this was like the lead guy, and it should be mentioned, he went from being the lead on um, Fable Legends and uh, Fable Anniversary to being a franchise manager on Fable Legends. So he might... <laughs> I hate to say it, he might have left because someone else took his job as lead on Fable Legends. Take that as what you will, it just seems that way. Um, I mean, do you guys disagree? It definitely seems I like mean, he was passed up. Who knows? It's hard, it's hard to speculate on something like that. Yeah. Titanfall dev doesn't know and doesn't care if the game is making a profit. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe that. Um, I honestly think they well, do care. Yeah, there, there should be an addition to that headline of all the people, all the investors that put money towards Titanfall do care do if they make a profit. Yeah. Nah, let's let's Which, be real here. They do care if it makes profit. It helps them go into the future with the game. I mean, of course, Titanfall wouldn't be dead if it didn't make a profit. Microsoft someone would keep it going. Especially... Considering we just, um, GF Keeley came out with the entire story behind everything with the PS4 stuff and all that, and they were actually talking about how they barely were able to finish Titanfall, and Microsoft actually flipped the bill to finish the game, and that's why they basically got exclusive rights to the game, and Sony basically blew them off, but, except they wanted a Vita version of the game, which would have been a terrible idea, but, um, they want to make a Vita game, I think, not a Vita version. Yeah. They want to make a Vita game. A Vita game, yeah. That's not so. going to happen. Um, but they care about the money, believe me. Especially since they were in financial straits to even finish Titanfall 1. They definitely care about the money going into Titanfall 2. I think this was more of a this was more of a blow-off of people saying, what about all the money you missed out by not releasing on the PS4? And they basically said, we don't care about that money. Um... But it's really a non-story. Uh, yeah, uh, they do care if it's making a profit. This is just a this is just a bullshit story. Yeah, I mean, um, if they really cared about, if they really didn't care about the money, then they wouldn't charge for maps. They wouldn't charge anything else. Yeah, exactly. they're, they're charging for maps, so they do care about making some money. But granted, everything else that isn't a map. They aren't charging you for which uh, Abby Happy actually said during the uh, Major Nelson podcast panel during PAX that the only thing we're charging you for is maps. Everything else is free. Which I'm always so half and half, like map packs, map packs and stuff. I would rather they just take everything, shove it in one one package, and call it an expansion pack. I I guess it's me liking you know MMOs and stuff like that, but. You know, whatever ends up making them money so they can make the next game, I, I, think I, I Halo, prefer that. I think Halo did it best with their map packs because they would have, like, three maps every... Was it three maps every, like, two or three months? And then, so it was kind of like an expansion pack every time they released it because you got three different maps to play on, so on and so forth. But I think the this is all... It's basically PR speak, meaning, look, we're not we're not one of those guys trying to get you to buy a bunch of fucking... Um, uh, DLC bullshit we that you don't even need. We just love to make a game that's fun to play. And, yeah, you know, basically what every independent developer says. Don't shoot says. us. 
<laughs> yeah. But I think not just independent developers. Every developer wants to make a game that's fun to play. I can't imagine anybody going to work going, "Hey, Michael, you want to make a shitty game today and try to sell it and count it off to people?" Yeah, we'll make money still. All right, fucking let's do it. Like I don't, I don't see that situation happening a lot, except for in like the shitty indie developers on like, uh, like at the iOS store and the Android store that are like, let's knock off every fucking game so we can make every penny we can. Like those people, yes, they're fucked up. But I think most major developers and indie developers, when you go into work or when you go to work on a project, you you want to make a fun game, no matter if it's. Spider-Man or a Spider-Man game or Superman game or fucking, you know, Gears of War. Like, nobody's goal is to make a crappy game. And, you know, there's just it's it just shows how hard it is, honestly, to make a good game nowadays. And believe me, I know. I've played Game Dev Tycoon, and god damn it. I hate, I hate when the review scores come in. <sighs> Alright, um... Xbox and PC game Titanfall was originally prototyped running on a Ratchet and Clank engine. Alright. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool. really like surprising. Me and Michael were talking about this earlier. It's cool that uh, I, I don't have the names in front of me, but they were good friends and they were both publishing through Ted EA. Price and Vincent Pella. Oh, thank you, Michael. And mm-hmm. they were, you know, he pretty much gave him permission. Yeah, go ahead and make your game on this engine and, you know, just go yeah. at it. Insomniac and... are actually a very cool developer, honestly. I mean, I'm not. I'm not just saying that because they have a studio near me or that they're making an Xbox One game, but because the 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 people that actually work there are they seem very aware of like everything that's going on, and they they don't try to fart around too much at the same time. And basically, what what it said was because. Um, Respawn were making the EA game. They they were funded by EA to get started up, and at this point, I I guess Fuse, which was the the Insomniac game, was being was in development, early development at this point. So, you know, it, it sort of just like trans, it just you know kind of crossed the lines and stuff, camaraderie and all that shit. Yeah. All right. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. This. A lot of this news is just um, cool little Pe- factoids. People are, people are well, waiting for E3. I'm sorry. Yeah. People are waiting for E3 for the for some yeah. of the big stuff. I mean, PAX happened last week, and you know stuff came out of there, but it's not not much like hyper newsworthy stuff. It was more. User This is what channel. we already have. Come check it out. And of course, Eric. Fifty-one days, guys. Fifty-one days. Destiny development unaffected by Halo composers firing. I don't believe you. Well, no, actually, it probably is fucking didn't well, affect the music it. and everything is there. I don't think there's going to be an issue. Yeah. But Mario Donald, he pretty much, I think, did all the music for every Halo game. If you'd love and that some music, before that, he he, yeah, he did he, Marathon and whatever the other Bungie games were. Yeah. So yeah, he. Went on Twitter and was like, I got fired unjustly. Like, there was no reason for it. And, like, I, I don't know the whole story. I don't think anybody Well, apparently, really does. the board of directors at Bungie fired him. For one, why the f- Really, a board of directors at a fucking development studio? Jesus Christ. Business, man. Big business. But, um, I mean, they, they, he got re- dropped. So, Bungie came out and was like, Yeah, don't worry. His soundtrack's still in the game. It's still going to be great. 
just there's a other composers too's music in the game. Destiny's still going to be amazing, even though Mario Donald's no longer working at Bungie. Uh, and there hasn't been really any details on what he's doing next or anything. Uh, the question is, well, one, I, yes, Destiny itself won't be affected. Destiny expansion packs or DLC, however, will be affected because they won't have that composer anymore. And if they do make a Destiny 2, that will also be affected. Yeah, it's like, I, I think I think their their game plan for Destiny was like a ten year life cycle for the game mm-hmm. as a whole. So yeah, but that yeah that happen. means expansions and everything. Yeah, so, but I mean, well, him leaving unless... his his musical stylings, like he was he has very unique and beloved uh, set of skills. Like people love his music from all the Halo games, which probably most people remember him from. Uh, it's gonna be kind of. It'll be interesting to see where he goes next. If, like, if he goes and uh, this is pure speculation, if he went and worked for three four three and did some more Halo music, or if he just kind of anywhere he goes, because he he's just really good at his job. He's like that. Some of my favorite parts of Halo was just the music period because it's so well done. I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but you know, it's just me. In Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, you think of Halo, and oftentimes the first thing you think about is the menu music, which that, that says a yeah. lot. So, and not just, there you the, go. Uh, I mean, the menu music's so important to that game, but at the same time, like the music to that, all the Bungie games are, are just so well done. It's just so awesome to the whole franchise. The thing I'm worried about is that Marty, when Marty does a game, he really sets a tone for it. That's why when 343 took over and Marty, Marty left, people were very worried about Ayla, because that tone went with him. If he does set a tone for Destiny, and they go and they keep this game going for 10 years, it might kind of fuck over the game a little bit when they start releasing expansions. But hey, we'll we'll just move on. We'll see what happens. I mean, there ain't we can't just fucking say it's all going to be shit because he left. Never so, know. Eric, um, do you have a, do you have a, any feelings about the Halo music, Mario Donald situation with Bungie? Oh, it's yeah. pretty messed up, man. They were like, "You're out. You're a regular employee. See you later." Yep, and that's why we have Eric on the podcast. Thank you, Eric. Oh wait, wait, wait! You're telling me we're paying this guy for? Sh- we he's already done with the soundtrack. We don't need to be paying this yeah, guy we anymore. Can, we can take him out. We can get rid of him. Fuck him. <laughs> we can put him in the back. <laughs> We're not making yeah. DLC anyway. Fuck these people. I'm out. <laughs> we we want to hire um, Hans Zimmer <laughs> to do the yeah. soundtrack for now on. Yeah, like, fuck. We're just going to get Michael Bay. Everything. It's be explosions. explosions. <laughs> All right. Um, has Activision canceled? No. They delayed... Amazing Spider-Man 2 for Xbox One. And apparently it does run at 1080p 30 frames per second on both Xbox One and PS4, so it's not a performance issue. But I agree with everyone else. They most likely found like some kind of fucking game-breaking bug. I think but, that's But isn't that's it coming out most... on the Wii U? That's just ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming out on Wii U, 360, PS3, Nintendo 3DS, every, every PC, PlayStation it sounds like they found. It sounds like Microsoft certification team actually did their job and said this shit's broke, bro. And it's broken. Um, like fuck you, this game's broke. 
and told them no. Uh, I guess we'll see. Hopefully it's just some kind of bug they can get fixed within a month or so and have the game out. I, I don't think I've seen too much about this game or anything. I, I don't know if it's going to be any good or not. Um, but uh, this is pretty bad news for anyone that was anticipating this game on Xbox One. But hopefully we'll see you as we go forward. I don't know if there's too much we can actually say on the matter. Hey, man. I wonder. It, it depends. I, I, like, I haven't played a Spider-Man game. And fucking probably since like the original Xbox era, and it'd be kind of cool for a good comic, you know, good comic character game. Again, even even though it's based on the movies, I'd love to play a good, you know, superhero game. It'd be awesome. The thing that annoys me is just reading this GameSpot article. Where what has where has gaming journalism so shit now? Upcoming movie tie-in might not see the light of day on Xbox One. Yeah, because they're going to completely develop a game for a fucking platform and cancel it in the last week and make all, waste all that fucking money. People this have like done this... stuff like that, though. No, but have... this is like the story about the Diablo 3. That, like, we've completely have been developing the Xbox One version alongside the PS4 version. We're just not saying if we're going to release it or not, but we've put all the dev time into building it all but we're, you know we have nothing to announce right now we don't even know if it's going to ship it's like that's no. right because like sony has like some sort of exclusivity yeah, contract with that yeah. that game and it, I, it'll uh, probably come out yeah i mean i i always say i have no problem with exclusivity and you know i'd be hypocrite if i say that i have a problem with this but i have a problem with this mostly because this isn't a this isn't a similar situation as most other exclusivity agreements this is a very different style of exclusivity mm-hmm. where it's like this is something that's already out on the previous generation of stuff it's already on pc so what's the problem you just want to have it there to say you have it because i can get it at three other places i don't need to get it there yeah but what and that's not even like the ps4 is not the best place to get it either i could go ahead and get it on my pc and make it yeah. look even better. I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, it's Spider-Man too. Let's be honest. It's not like the, yeah. the biggest exclusive of all time just got snatched out of their hands. It's Spider-Man oh, no. two. Yeah, I, it's coming. This game will probably. I wouldn't even be worried when it about releases, it. It'll probably be like the fifth. Well, spot the problem on is, is, officially, they never said it was canceled. Officially, they said it was delayed. They that they never officially announced why. They just said it was delayed, and the entire mass media or gaming media turned it into, oh, it was canceled, it was canceled, guys, it was canceled, even though they never even mentioned the word canceled. Okay, moving on then. Um, Watch Dogs equal ebook picks up where the game ends. Alright, that's cool. Um, that seems so bloody pointless. Yeah. Yeah, that's let's, why. Uh, let's take our, let's take our let's, sequel. Let's move on. Let's take yeah. our sequel and throw it in a book. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. The the only thing I would say, the reason I put the article in there in the first place was just in case anybody that does pick it up, please wait till you beat the game, then read the book, because I just hate Otherwise, you're an absolute moron. Yeah. Well, what it sounds to me is that, I don't... Is it really a sequel, or did they just not have the time to finish the game, so they decided no, no, to throw the rest of it into a book? sequel, supposedly. I'm kind of thinking they didn't have time to finish the game through it in their book. <laughs> Who knows? They've only been working it. on it for four years. Yeah, and they still delayed it. Uh, uh, I don't... Yeah. 
Eh, um, hopefully that game comes out soon. That'd be awesome. Yeah. It is coming out like June, right? Or May twentieth even? Shit, that's in like a month. <laughs> Maybe. Alright, um, did you guys talk about the crew last week? I don't think so. A little bit, but you could bring it up if you'd like. Alright, we don't have this in the notes, but I thought we might as well talk about the crew using P2P servers and not actually using Microsoft's oh, um, such a dedicated topic. servers. For well, an MMO. Not a surprise, though, because you have to probably go for the parody there. You know, you gotta... Even though Microsoft servers, uh, their cloud, their Xbox compute, would probably be a better option. But oh hell yeah! Uh, how 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 are you going to support? You understand? How would you be talking about? Like, okay, we're going to have this version with dedicated servers, and the other one probably won't have it. You understand? They 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 probably wouldn't do that. Oh, well, they could do that. They just don't want to do that. That's what it makes mainly me mainly because they already have the netcode written for both of them. Probably. Well, well, well they could, but it makes me wonder though going forward if. Any publisher, you know, for the Xbox uh, compute platform would like to use just the dedicated servers, not any other uh, stuff it provides. If it's like for lighting effects or physics or helping with the frame rate in the game or whatever. Oh, damn. We can actually talk about how Xbox compute works now and we don't get yelled at about being fanboys. Shit. We talked about it last week. Quite in depth, actually. I wasn't even here for that. Shit. We could talk about it now without... People well, calling well, I wonder, well, I just wonder, like, how would they, <laughs> how would any uh, publisher say, okay, we're going to use the dedicated servers? You know, I just don't see that happen. I don't see them saying, okay, let's do it, and the other version won't have it. It's either going to be work one way, like, they're going to find a way to get them both, you know, with dedicated servers, or, well, I don't know. You know, I, I would I, never... The thing is, is that if, if, if a developer chooses to use it, then whatever uses the cloud compute is probably going to be a superior version in terms of online connectivity. And as a result, the competitive scene grows around that platform. And as a result, more people buy it for that platform because it's better on that platform in terms of actual mechanical uh, execution, which I think ultimately should be why you buy a game is where it, where it plays best. And if it's a multiplayer game, you're going to buy it on the Xbox because that's where it's going to play best. I mean, you look at you look at the yeah. code of Killer Instinct. There has not been better net code ever in a fighting game for a, of that quality. So, yeah, I mean, easily the big one of the biggest system sellers of the Xbox One has been Killer Instinct. There was a big tournament this weekend, and there's probably a tournament and like there's like another another tournament I'm going to care about in two weeks. I mean, MLG just announced that they're going to have Killer Instinct at, at Anaheim for Christ's sake. So. You know, it... got a lot of fan feedback now. Everybody's liking it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I mean, I, I I watch stream numbers when Killer Instinct is on. Stream numbers go up when Killer Instinct's over. It goes down. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty telling. People like the game. Yeah. Well, what's funny is PS4 is more powerful. Sony community does have any problem with there not being any parity graphically. But as far as networks and shit, oh, there has to be parity. You can't, you can't have one with dedicated servers and one with not. That just well, makes yeah, one worse. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. That could be. It could be possible for now. I know. It's just it funny. It's Microsoft just funny how offer... the community is hypocritical about it. It's like you can't have parity on one thing, but you got to have it on another thing. Well, yeah, 
Yeah. Because that would give the other that would give that platform an advantage, and they're not allowed. But, allow but like Michael advantage. said, he he might he might be right. Maybe going forward, they will see the benefits. Like right now, it's been what five months. You know, I don't think anybody, any any of the developers were thinking, okay, the crew or any of these other games coming out. Maybe even the next call. Maybe the call, next Call of Duty might use um Microsoft's um cloud dedicated servers. But I don't think every uh, publishers thinking about it right now maybe next year when they see more benefits or they're like okay you know what if this is going to perform better and it's that not that costly to us you know what what the heck do it you know i think that's will be you know a better time yeah all right i'm out of news um any other topics classic well, spinal's out i'm sorry classic spinal classic is spinal. out yeah. classic spinal looks awesome he looks really skinny it's funny to watch him just Fart about is a bunch of bones. It's funny. For did check, we do not have any letters this week, but please write us at letters at xboxoncut.com. Let us know any subjects you'd like to hear us discuss or just kind of anything. Just write us, let us know what's going on. Um. Okay, we, we could talk about uh, Windows 8.1 on phones if you have yeah. been using it. But I, have, I have. Cortana works really well. Cortana's really uh, nice. I like being able to set my alarm with my voice now and not having to be, you know, I'm that lazy, okay? I'll be honest. I set up my entire work schedule using my voice. Yeah. So Pretty I just darn went up and I was, I, I just clicked it, said I work, um, I think you do have to do it in a certain order for it to understand, but I think it's probably because it's a beta and everything. But I think I had to do something like, um, I work 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Thursday. Or on April 28th, and it will fucking take it and just go, hey, what do you want to call it? Um, and if you do word it a certain way, it will just call it work. Um, it's just, the, there seems to be a certain way you got to word certain stuff and everything, but I'm sure that's something yeah. they'll, they'll, eat, they'll make it more efficient as they go into the future. Um, and it, I mean, it works really well as being specific on topics, or it, it does have some funny jokes built into it. Also, it's definitely useful. Like look up Halo, you you get some stuff from that. Yeah. Yeah. The Clippy joke. Do you like Clippy? Yeah, Cortana. If you don't know what it does, Cortana is replaced with Clippy when the icon is. And if you don't know, and who if you don't know, Clippy is, is you're you're probably not old you're, you're a young buck and you don't care <laughs> michael do you know who clippy is clippy do you not you should know who clippy is eric i don't know who microsoft is. word 2000 the little the little, oh my gosh little that, that's, that's, that's who that is i didn't know that was clippy the, the little paper clip <laughs> do, you, do you want help Can writing help you your article anything? do you want help writing your suicide note <laughs> <laughs> it seems you're trying to write a suicide note. Do you want me to help you? Yeah, seems like you you're trying to, to work on a paper. <laughs> it seems like you're working on your paper. Would you like me to bug the shit out of you? R.E.M. <laughs> fucking hate that thing. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we can talk about what we've been playing. Well, uh, me and I final words on 8.1. I mean, it's it makes the phone feel different. It is a lot more shit to it. It feels really good. I would definitely. Notification center is good. I would have recommended Windows Phone to anyone before. I would definitely recommend it now. Um, and you can, by the way, you can get a Lumia 520 for sixty dollars on Amazon. 
and that is contract free. You can just go and you can get a plan from AT&T or whatever and just throw the, um, whatever it's called. I'm, uh, you can SIM throw card. the SIM card right into it and it will work right away. You don't have to worry about anything. And that's what I do and it works really well. Um, uh, uh, you guys want to go to what we've been playing or what? Yeah, I think we can move sure. on to that. I suppose, I, the only, I suppose the only thing worth mentioning is that Ubisoft now has over 9,000 employees. 9.2 thousand oh. people work at. 9.2 thousand? Well, yeah, the, nine part, the nine part's all Assassin's Creed. The point two is the rest of the... <laughs> yeah, the MindQuest for Epic Luke, Rayman, the that's... MMO they launched last week, you know. Here's a Might and Magic. Way. Trials Fu- Has anyone played Trials? I have, no. I have not. Uh Seems like a fun game. Eric, have you played any Trials? No, definitely will never play that game anymore. That's that's yeah, almost as many uh, that's almost as many layers of DRM they put on their game. It's just a hard game, okay? I'm just I mean, you could play it, but then after you're like, ah, I forget it. I'm not doing this track. There's no way, <laughs> no way I'm gonna complete this, you know? Yeah, I don't I I I don't get off on games that make me suffer either. I I don't really care about those kinds of games i'd rather just go play something that's fun although some people do find that fun just i don't um, all right so dusty what have you been playing well i leveled up in titanfall i am now second gen i got to level eight or whatever playing it and i had a, i've just been playing a crap load of that it's been a ton of fun other than that uh i don't think i've really been playing anything else i Played a little Dead Rising for like a couple minutes, uh, but I don't know. Titanfall, it's what I do. Uh, been watching only... a lot of uh, oh. House actually. Been, they put House on Netflix, so it's been up there nonstop. Yeah, same. Watching House, playing Titanfall, working. That's about it. <laughs> And oh, I played a little bit of Forza, but of course, uh, Eric. All right, good job, buddy. Um, Thanks, Eric. Job. Eric is a dedicated member to the podcast. Sorry, Eric sorry, believes. My bad. Uh, my no, bad. hey, let me finish saying what I was saying. Damn it, Eric, shut up. Eric loves the podcast, and he's here on time every time. Twenty oh. minutes at a time, every time. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. Well, what I've been playing, uh, Killer Instinct, I did play a little bit of it, didn't stop, because Fulgur, uh, he, man, he's a hard character to play with. Like, I, I thought pe- when I heard people were talking about it, you know, like a joke, but when you're, when you're playing, all I did was play in the arcade mode, playing in the arcade mode on medium, and it's just crazy. It's it's like crazy, like the com like when you're trying to fight people, I'm trying to get the combo. Hey, just out of curiosity, Eric, have you beaten uh, the story to get the? No. Okay. No, beating beating the, beating the game and getting to Shadow Jago on medium is not an easy task. No, I, mean, I, I mean, so the people who were like the best at the game got it in one night, but that was after they figured out a way to cheese Shadow Jago. And yeah, I know it's a toughie. Yeah. But I mean, there's there's the prestige of unlocking a stage, so aces to them. Like I, think... I, 
I like how he has like the plasma port, like spinal. Uh, oh yeah, his uh, yeah, his teleport. Tiny, but like, he, when you he, do he's that, had it since kind of it. You know, like oh, because because his teleport is a screen relative. Yeah, like heavies like, go to the left, lights go to the right, and mediums go to the middle. I think is how it works. I do like how you can like, like drain, not drain, or power up. Is that what you call it? Like when you charging, you know, like, he charges, up. and that's crazy. Like, <laughs> like I didn't know it was gonna work like that. He's a good character, right? He's good, but playing as him is just it's a pain. He's complex. I would probably just play a Spino and Jago and then fold around and choke. He's not a bad character. It's just that if you know how to use him, he's really good. You know, I've seen a lot of people use him. I I can't wait for Evo this year. I probably I probably have never said that at any other point in my life, but now I can't wait for Evo because the the final match that was today for the tournament for uh, North California Regionals. Yeah. Oh, the last matches were just was there any big players like well big uh, players from before playing Killer Instinct? Like, I don't um, know yeah, I mean, well, the, the the thing about fighting games, at least from what I can tell, is that in general people tend to play like anything that they want to because a lot a lot of the a lot of the inputs, a lot of the the general strategies in terms of, like frame traps and stuff, it, it's universal. It, it just applies across the board. Like, it, in that that it is the same. Like, if you go from playing. Call of Duty to Battlefield, you know, those are two very different games, and people typically aren't competitive in multiple first-person shooters, or they typically aren't competitive in multiple real-time strategies or MOBAs or something, but fighting games, people, you know, it's like, oh, I, I you know, I play Marvel, or I play uh, Street Fighter and stuff like that, so yeah, there are people like Justin Wong from Team Evil Geniuses, who plays Killer Instinct, and Alex Faye, who is who's sort of like the, the grandfather of fighting game competition or whatever in Amer- on the California coast. So yeah, there, there are big names that show up to okay, at tournaments and actually get pretty far. Um, so yeah. I wouldn't even dream. I remember before when you were showing me that one time on the Steam you were just showing me a link to um, a Killer Instinct tournament. Some stuff that was going on was just ridiculous. Some guy's freaking Saber Wolf was just retarded. <laughs> just watching the guy move was just crazy. I'm like, man, definitely this guy spends a lot of time playing this game. Way more than anyone, you know. It's good, It's good though, dedication-wise. I wish I was that good. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, been, been losing most of the time to the freaking computer <laughs> in arcade mode. So, Michael, what have you been playing? Left 4 Dead 2. Alright, now we can end this. Um, <laughs> I think we've all played Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good game. Do you play any mods or just Left 4 Dead Vanilla? Uh, I've added in like uh, Titanfall weapons and I have um, Red vs. Blue characters as the, as the survivors and stuff. Um, and then... Uh, for people who played Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, when the tank shows up instead of the tank theme, it plays the song Rules of Nature. So it's a lot more obvious that the tank shows up. It's it's interesting. Um, so just just simple scene workshop stuff. Oh, that's cool. Uh, any last words or anything? Any topics anyone wants to bring up? Anything for the end of the podcast? Yeah, I, I do. Here. Actually, I don't know what you guys went over earlier. <laughs> um, 
I sent you the show notes, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. Well, while, while you're getting that in line, having having seen Steam Workshop and having used it for Left 4 Dead, if Microsoft follows through with the every Xbox One's a dev kit, then we're looking at what is potentially a Steam Workshop situation for any Xbox One game where people could develop content for a game and put it out there for people to download as long as it doesn't you know, break the game. If, if it's just an augmentation of a character model or something that is, is local to the person, if they could do this, which I believe they could, we'd be looking at a very interesting advantage that the Xbox One would have. But, I mean, I, I, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I, I want that to happen so badly. But, who knows. That would be really cool to have some mods going. I guess we'll see going into the future. I'm hoping Sunset Overdrive will be that way and stuff like that. Um, uh, Eric, what did you want to talk about? Did Did you guys talk about um, the smart class? Uh, it's going to allow you to purchase some games now. Well, Xbox One smart class, that is. It doesn't allow you to purchase some games. Well, well, on the app, um, a lot of people some confusion. It doesn't allow you to buy um, games from the app, right? In contrast, even on um, on the PS4, it doesn't allow you to buy it directly in the app. They basically tell you to go through the store, then it opens up the browser. But this way, it's cool because you can go directly in the app and purchase stuff. Everything yeah. else was before was in a website, so now you can purchase stuff directly from the app. So they have like a that's cool, it's really nice, you know, easier. You know. That's cool. Nice. All right. Nice. You guys can find us on Stitcher, uh, Xbox Music Marketplace, and on iTunes. Um, we're also on a few other search engines, but I wouldn't really worry about it. Um. <laughs> Uh, we put ourselves everywhere. We're we're branching out, you understand? Yeah. Um. You can reach us at if you want to leave us a letter. Letters at xboxuncut.com or four GT guy at xboxuncut.com. Uh. Do we have another email? No, just letters at xboxuncut.com is usually the one I want to get everything through. All right. Um. Please subscribe to the podcast. I know we don't normally yell about it, but it would make it easier for certain people we uh, need your views please please review us on itunes review us on xbox music store like just let us know you know tell tell us hey that guy named eric you don't talk what? enough i want to hear eric's sexy <coughs> voice in a fan just put that in there you know and then maybe eric will show up for the podcast on time and maybe you know talk <sighs> okay all right, see you guys the later. The quick look guru would love to, you know, to hear. See you later. <laughs> Peace Bye out, now. guys. Later, Bye -bye. guys. Bye-bye.